This is MJ. I'm an author, I'm an artist, I'm an analyzer. Find all my work at mjmunoz.com. Welcome to Swinging Through Comics. Visit mjmunoz.com STC for notes and links, and don't forget to subscribe. Like, share, and comment to help me grow. This is a special episode of Swinging Through Comics that is actually devoted, it's going off the beaten path, and it's actually devoted a little bit, uh, yeah, devoted in full to the memory of Shotaro Ishinomori and the works of Shotaro Ishinomori. You may not know the name Shotaro Ishinomori, but if you've ever watched Power Rangers, <laughs> uh, you know the work of Shotaro Ishinomori. He was the original creator of Go Ranger, which uh, launched the Super Sentai series, which got turned into Power Rangers, which, um, well, there's there's a lot more than that, but before Power Rangers, there was Comrade, before Comrade, there was Skullman, before Skullman, there was Cyborg 009, and uh, Ishinomori was a really cool dude. He was a student of Osama Tezuka. He worked for him. I, I say student loosely. Uh, he worked for him, and uh, anyway... Super cool. Lots of great work that he's done. He holds the Guinness World Book of Records uh, record for being the most <laughs> most mangaka-iest mangaka ever. So that means he uh, wrote or penned or drew whatever more pages of manga than any single person in the history of the world so far. Um, although, I mean, the One Piece guy, isn't he... Uh, isn't he coming up? <laughs> That's pretty long. I know it's a single series. It's super long, but I guess Ishinomori did have a 44-year career. Anyway, towards the end of his career in 92, uh, I think it was 92, he was contacted by none other than Nintendo to write a comic book version of The Legend of Zelda Link to the Past, which would appear uh, serialized in their Nintendo Power magazine. I think that's what it was called uh in both Japan and the United States, but I don't know for sure. Anyway, or maybe it was only U.S. I'm not sure. Anyway, so he did this, and I got it a few years back. It, I walked into my comic shop, and I saw the cover for this thing, and I'd heard about it somewhere, probably from, like, Eagle Devil or somebody, but anyway, I'd heard about it, and uh, I, I had to get it. So, anyway, I have a quick review, because I don't think there's a lot to say. Uh, it's hard to talk about this thing as an objective person, because... I'm not really objective when it comes to Ishinomori's works because I just I have an affinity for them. And uh, that doesn't mean I won't be critical, though, because there is some stuff to criticize. I, I hope I, I captured that. Um, so overall, I liked it. I like the story. I like what happened in it. Um, let me just give you a little overview. Um, yeah, let me just give you an overview. So I, I selected a few images that I thought were really cool. Um, just like things that really defined the book for me. Um, the cover I think is very pretty. It's taken from a panel at the end of the book and it's, you know, just reworked to have the, the text overlaid on it and stuff. And I'm sure it didn't have a cover originally because it was <laughs> serialized in the magazine, right? Anyway, um, but the cover is very pretty. Uh, there's actually, it was funny. Uh, I've been wanting to do this video for a little while, but a cartoonist kayfabe video came up and they talked about it and they just talked about all the techniques. So these guys were praising it and gushing it, um, gushing over it. And you know, they know cartooning and comicking better than I do. So I'm not going to say too much about the art other than I like it. And I think it's pretty. Um, but they were talking about how it was obvious that he used different media. And if you look through the book carefully, uh, if you, so if you have the book in hand, it's a real treat to, to look at. It is beautiful artwork, and it's very compelling. Um, I'm going to go ahead and actually, while I have these you know lovely images up that I clipped together, and I'll, I'll talk about them in a minute, I will say my overall criticism is that the pacing is off. Like, uh, it gets to the point where when you're in a chapter, 
two things happen. Um, the thing, something concludes from the previous chapter, and then it pivots, and it continues to kind of set up the next chapter. And it almost always feels like it's just, or I mean, probably the first two or three chapters are better formatted as far as pacing is concerned, but uh, the rest of them are structured just in a way that where it feels like they're just staggered to keep you reading along, and it almost feels artificial in how it's keeping you going. Um, but I've read this thing probably like five times, maybe six times, uh, since I got it a couple of years back, and I still enjoy it. I, I mean, I really like it. It's just, it feels funny as I'm going through. I think like, man, that sure happened suddenly, but maybe that matches the pace of the game. And I even went ahead and did uh, some research. <laughs> I looked at some overviews and reviews of, of the, like retrospectives of uh, the game. And it sounds like the plot's basically the same. Uh, the lore of it, I don't know if that was all just pulled from the game or what, sounds a little more extensive than what we were given here, but I feel like what we were given here as, in terms of story was enough to keep it moving quickly, and I think uh, I remember hearing or, or reading something about the fact that they wanted the pace of, they wanted you to be able to read this comic and still be hyped for the game and not have it spoil everything, and it definitely doesn't spoil everything, so that's a good thing. Um, and the same thing, if you played the game, then you could read the comic and say, hey, this thing's really cool, and it's a different take, and oh, I didn't, you know, who's Rome, and that's a cool inclusion, a cool new character, that kind of stuff, so that's all positive, but uh, I just, I really liked, uh, th like, there was a lot of pathos in this story, and that was cool, but there was also just, like, these really awesome creature designs, and I know the game itself, you know, has cool creatures like the Laminoa and different things like that are, are neat. Uh, the three-headed dragon, he does appear in the game. I don't know the name of it, but it doesn't matter to me. Um, but, I mean, besides the creature designs being really cool, which they are, like there's this giant spider that Link has to fight. One of the pendants of, you know, courage or whatever is inside of it. Um, that, I mean, that thing was just super cool. Uh, it, you know, it's raining while they're fighting. It's all atmospheric. Um, is it raining or is it jumping down? I can't remember. Those might just be speed lines. But anyway, it's just it was a really cool fight scene. Uh, but these fight scenes were like brutally quick, uh, almost to the point where like I was enjoying them and then it's like, oh, it's already over. That kind of stinks. But, you know, what are you supposed to do, I guess? Uh, so, you know, there's some slight criticism. But then again, you have stuff like when he's attacked in the swamp by that eye thing and that witch. Um, like that was all really cool. The eye thing <laughs> looks really awesome. Uh, Link being tied up there and whatever. Uh, super fun. So... I mean, I enjoyed aspects of it, of it, even where there was things that I, you know, didn't like so much or things that, you know, weren't so great. Um, I enjoy uh, Ishtamori's style of, of Link. He's, you know, pretty simple. It's a simply drawn character, but he's in, uh, like, a beautifully illustrated world. Like, the structures and, like, he has very cartoony characters is what I'm, I guess I'm, I'm getting at. And I typically don't like that. But um, I appreciate it in his work because of what he does with his cartoony figures. They don't just stand there uh, blankly. Um, so that's pretty neat. Um, and like the way he draws the master sword, uh, it, it's pretty cool. <laughs> I mean, it's a cool design anyway, but I like it. And then, uh, like I said, there's like some pathos, uh, towards the end of the story or at the very end of the story, there's this thing where, um, like Link and Zelda, you know, she's Queen Zelda now and Link is this, you know, head of the Knights of Hyrule or whatever. And they have... There's, like, a feeling of forlornness and, and uh, like, sadness because, like, they had a deeper relationship sort of while they were telepathically linked and stuff. And then now that that's over because, you know, the threat has been uh, neutralized, that connection is broken. And 
like it feels like there's this unrequited love and like this thing that can never be because Link has to, you know, guard the Triforce or, um, you know, be this Knight of Hyrule or whatever. And they just like cannot be close to each other anymore. And that's pretty neat. <laughs> uh, I liked it a lot, especially because it, it could have been a lot simpler of a, of a story there. Um, but let me not get too sidetracked. I guess, I don't know if I just want to go through, uh, I'll just kind of, yeah, I'll just kind of go through a little bit more. So, uh, I liked, there were a lot of vistas used. Um, I, I wonder if this was like, I honestly did have a little bit of trouble in some instances reading the flow of the, the words of the actions, but it didn't happen as much this time. I was a little more cognizant to think like, oh, this is manga. I should be going, and, you know, and so, well, it's, it's manga, but it's flipped. So I'm going left to right instead of right to left. And I was thinking, is it right, left or up, down? I, I don't hundred percent remember which way it went. I got turned around a couple times, but it was never too bad. So that was good. Um, there's a lot of personality. Uh, unfortunately, a lot of the charming stuff, uh, that happens in here is probably a result of, you know, things that are Legend of Zelda specifically and not, uh, specific to Ishinomori. Um, but I sure liked his interpretation of a lot of the, a lot of the stuff, a lot of the world. And it's funny, I was mentioning how cartoony Link is, but, uh, I think it's the Laminoa. Um, it looks super cool. It looks super creepy. It's almost, almost reminds me of, uh, um, in Nazca Valley of the Wind, those giant insect creatures, uh, that they deal with in there. Um, you know, so very cool design. Uh, lots of good stuff there. Um, let me see. Oh, one of my favorite aspects too, and apparently this is in the lore of the game as well. Um, that something about the dark world or the, the sacred land or the golden world, whatever, that has been corrupted by Ganondorf. Uh, it turns people into beasts like it it reflects <laughs> it, the the place reflects the what's in people's hearts so it can turn them evil and it can turn them not into not evil well it can turn them evil or uh, but it can lock them into these beast forms and it's interesting uh there's this whole subplot with this character rome who very much looks like one of the guys from cyborg 009 i think it's five but i don't remember he's the one who flies anyway um there's this subplot where he is a descendant of uh, Knights of Hyrule, as is Link, and this guy believes that he is going to be the legendary hero. Uh, Link doesn't even know about the legendary hero in the beginning of the story, and this guy uh, wants to be that legendary hero. He has pretensions to it. He wants to have the Master Sword, even though he thinks he can defeat it by being an archer, because um, his family were archers. But you see later that he has a, a crossbow. Um, but like his design's really cool. Him fighting with Link is really cool. The like the conflict between them is neat. And the guy's almost an anti-hero, but you know, he ends up being a hero and he ends up working with Link. Uh, and this is a thing original to the comic, but it's uh it's pretty neat because uh it draws a contrast between Link and Ganondorf or Link and Rome specifically and shows that Link, while he does struggle with the darkness of his emotions, like his uh, he's very pained over the death of his uncle uh, in the beginning of the movie or of the book. Sorry, um, he's very pained by the death of his uncle. <laughs> um, he wants to um, take out Ganondorf and protect Zelda, but that's tainted by the darkness and the pain and the kind of quest for vengeance that he he wants as well. And Rome, I think, very. Uh, brings it to life and, and brings that into sharp contrast because he, uh, like for the honor of his people and the honor of his family and his lineage, wants to 
uh, be the knight to destroy Ganondorf. So it's it's actually kind of interesting. Link has more of a of a personal stake in things, except for his connection to Zelda, and he wants to save her because of that, um, but also for vengeance. And Rome, and he doesn't know anything about Ganondorf, the the legends or any of that stuff. Whereas Rome knows about that stuff, but he has no personal connection to Zelda. He has no personal connection to Ganondorf other than he's evil and he wants to see him destroyed. And uh, they're kind of on um, opposite paths and they, they kind of intersect and, uh, you know, deflect from each other and, and, like, cause an impact on each other throughout their story. We don't see too much of that on Rome, but um, it's more so with Link that, that Rome's a foil to Link. And it's just interesting the way Ishinomori planned that out to have them start off in these opposite sort of um, conditions or whatever, then come together and then end that affects both of them as characters you know mostly link though because he's our, our protagonist um so that was pretty cool i just i just love the design of this guy and how we get to see him transform into uh, like we get a henshin basically uh as he's reaching for the sword his hand turns uh you know into a, a bird claw talon thing and then he's bird man and then he's flying at link and just the action of that and the motion of that is so so good so crisp so uh ishinomori um i like uh I, my original, my first game was Twilight Princess, so, you know, Link turning into the wolf. I really loved how Link was turning into, I think he was turning into a wolf man, and I almost wondered, or I wanted to know, but I, I'm not plugged into any Zelda people, uh, and after I read this, I kind of tried to research, but I couldn't find anything. I almost feel like Twilight Princess, he gets turned into, you know, Wolf Link because of maybe something in here and i don't know if maybe he was turning into uh, a wolf in uh the original game the retrospectives and stuff i tried to check out on that didn't weren't really clear they didn't specify like oh yeah he almost turned into a wolf like ganondorf turned into a you know boar or pig or whatever so i don't know that was interesting but i love the shot where he's like full beast mode as he uh has entered i think this is as he gets dropped into um yeah i'm pretty sure this is when he gets dropped into the the dark world and uh, I love that, you know, Ishinomori skull <laughs> moon behind him and him turning to a wolf. And it's just, uh, it's just this, you know, like horror scene and it's, you know, really cool. And then, uh, the effect seeing him, you know, furry and whatever with his, you know, his ears are already pointy, but they feel a little more wolfish with the hair and whatnot. And then he gets turned back to normal. Um, that's pretty cool. And then I think, oh yeah, the original scene where he starts, where I got the idea that it was, you know, a wolf that he was turning into, uh, is this one where he interacts with something. Uh, oh, it must be like a, uh, like a weak spot between the dark world and, and you know, Hyrule or the light worlds, whatever. Anyway, um, he touches it and the negativity that he's carrying with him hurts him and it, you know, causes him to be you know, injured, but also kind of turn into his arm, turn into a wolf arm. Um, and I really like, I mean, I love the storytelling on the the left page here where it, like it's his mother's hand. He sees it, he reaches for it. Uh, as he's touching it, you get to see like from the other side, inside that column of light or whatever, uh, his hand is bright white. The rest of him is, uh, darkened. It's mostly just him in silhouette with these red and yellow striations to show that that like soft, warm, inviting light has turned into something like painful and hurtful. Um, and, uh, even you could see his left hand holding his sword is outside of that column of light. So it's like, it's, it communicates really well what's happening. And it, I like how it twists the, the blue light into this red, yellow, harsh light that's hurting him and causing pain. And, uh, I just love that contrast. And, uh, I don't know if that's supposed to be his mouth that's open and he's screaming no. Oh, it probably is. Like his head's cocked back in pain. Is this his nose? I thought it was his eye originally. Like 
one eye is covered, the other eye is bright white with pain, uh, which is what it could be, or it could be a mouth, but either way, it works for me. And then the next panel, he's you know thrown back, and then he sees what's happened to him, and I, I really like that. Um, it feels very, uh, like, spiritual, and like it has a, like a moral about not holding on to darkness and hate and things like that, even though it's just, you know, an adventure of a, you know, video game turned into a comic book or whatever, and I really like that. So, uh, in summation, uh, good art and some good storytelling decisions, I think that were, you know, solely Ishinomori's, uh, elevated this from like a standard, you know, so-so adaptation to something really cool that I could really enjoy, and uh, like... Oh my gosh, I love this alternate Zelda. I think she's had looks like this before and other stuff, but like, that is awesome. I mean, she just looks fantastic. And then Link's uh, night costume. You can see more of it here. Uh, I'll, I'll have this posted on, on uh, mgmunners.com so you could look at the audio only, like the show notes page um, on STC, or mgmunners.com slash STC 56 uh, is where you'll find it. Um, or it's episode 56, so look there. But like, it just looks so cool. And then I read a little bit more in the lore, one, two, three, four, five. I wonder if these old guys are like the seven sages or whatever, because they talk about the seven maidens, the seven sages. And anyway, there's there's deeper lore that Ishtamori doesn't quite touch on here, but just I love the look of everybody. And like Link gets some alternate outfits. Um, like, look how cool this guy is. Look how cool Link is. Ah, so awesome. <laughs> I love that. Anyway, um, but he gets some alternate. Oh, he gets some alternate outfits. Sorry, let me try to find one there's just so much good stuff in this um like he gets this oh it's like a snowsuit to, but it like feels like a barbarian almost and i really like it um it's a lot of fun anyway um there's a three dragon i talked about it looks super cool here and it goes on for a couple pages uh in this but like look at this eye monster that attacks him it you know it starts off with this witch then there's these little eyes popping up and then there's more of them and then oh my goodness there's a whole mountain of them and that's all really nicely done um he fights there's just a lot of cool monsters another thing i really liked was ishinomori's establishing shots like i don't remember what this ruin is or this castle is or whatever but just like boom back in the uh background heavy it's blacked out you just get it in silhouette and link is daunted by the fact that he has to go there um there's a couple other ones that were really good establishing shots or like uh dramatic shots just like using the scenery and stuff so while the guy makes cartoony you know cartoon people um and then you know, cool creatures or whatever like Ganondorf here, or like the Laminola, if I'm saying that right. He also does really these great establishing shot type things in in the comics as well, um, or in his work. I guess they don't have another great one. Um, but then again, like look at that majestic master sword he's got going, and then Link grabbing it. Like you see this progression as he's reaching out to it, he has it, it's charging with power, and then he's ready to go. Like it's just super dramatic, super cool, uh, super fun. So that's all I have to say about this. Uh, this is all part of my salute to Shatari Ishinomori. Uh, you'll find it, if you go to mgmunners.com, I'll be posting all my stuff with the hashtag celebrate Ishinomori. And this is something I've been wanting to do for like a few years actually, but just, I finally got the gumption to do it. And I'm planning it, I'm calling for other people to get in on the action. I'm actually going to be doing stuff from the 25th to the 29th. Um, you can find it all on mgmunners.com because it'll be kind of scattered around my typical uh, places where I post stuff and uh, I've got this for swinging through comics. I have one other Ishinomori comic I might want to review. It's an old manga of his, and I may or may not do it. Um, not the entire thing, like a chapter of it, because uh, it's, you know, pretty long. And uh, it has some connections to something else uh, I really like and I've talked about before. But <clears throat> anyway, um, like I said, you can go to mgmunios.com 
and uh, find all my Celebrate Ishimori stuff January 25th or 29th. Um, I'll have at least five things up, maybe more. We'll see what happens. But for sure, I wanted to get this done. And I thought Swinging Through Comics was a perfect place to do that. And if you're not familiar with Ishimori's works, um, you should be. Uh, he's a great manga uh, artist. And then he helped create a bunch of live-action TV shows, including... Kamen Rider, uh, Super Sentai, which became Power Rangers. Also, Android Kikaiter, as well as Cyborg 009. Uh, there's a Kikaiter show, but there's no 009. Uh, but there's a lot of other cool stuff. Um, so, I'm going to go ahead and get out of there, but I encourage you to check all that stuff out. Check out mgmunis.com to find all my work. And uh, that's pretty much it.